Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to another episode of Dean Talk, uh, one that's been in the works for a long time. Uh, alhamdulillah, um, Allah subhanahu wa has given us the ability to sit down today, joined by our co-host Mama, Mulan Abu Khalid, and also our special co-host this time, uh, Api, who we had previously on our Muslimas in Business episode. And last but not least, of course, our guest Ali and Amira, the founders of Our Tide Kamal, uh, which is a digital workspace for Muslims, and I'll try and attempt to give it justice um, before I let them, uh, our guests really dive into it. And before we start, you know, I'd like to say, you know, this episode has, alhamdulillah, already had a lot of interest. Um, and I think it's because it's a product that meets so many Muslims' requirements of this, in this day and age. You know, a couple of the boys were already saying what an amazing idea it was and why they didn't think of it before them. And, they, you know, they're, they're listening now, inshallah, ta'ala, you know, they're tuning in to hear more. And that was my exact reaction when I came across it as well. Um, inspired by the hadith of our beloved Prophet wasallam, where he wasallam, said, tie your camel first and then put your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our tied camel are supporting uh, a mission to empower Muslims by prioritizing getting things done while simultaneously uh, prioritizing deen. A powerful workspace that can track your time, tasks and most importantly, uh, for me anyway, salah with the on-screen reminders in one aesthetic, customizable space. There's a whole host of features that I'll obviously let them discuss it in more detail. Uh, but in an ever-busy world where you know priorities can become impeded with tasks and buried with endless to-do lists, it's becoming even more important to ensure that we really prioritise our deen whilst we work and not lose, lose sight of either. Um, so Ali Amira, if you could just introduce yourself to the guest and give us some context of how you know each other for those that don't know um, and what you guys were doing prior to starting our Tide Kamal, inshallah ta'ala. Assalamualaikum. Thank you very much for that introduction. So my name is Alia and um, I am a law graduate. Um, Amira is a psychology graduate and we're both cousins. So um, just to, if, Amira, if you want to introduce yourself first and then we'll get into how this all started. Yeah, so I'm Amara, I'm a psychology graduate and I graduated two years ago um, and I've been working as a content writer since then and last year we started working on our Tide Camel together. We're cousins and so that's how we know each other. This is an idea that we both had um, and something we both wanted as students. Yeah. And did that idea, sorry, come around as a um, like a eureka moment? Was there something where you just sat around... A table and just discuss it or was it something that just kept growing and growing as a concern oh um i've actually got videos back from like 2019 where i was talking about creating something like this and it wasn't until um late in 2020 i think i was heading into my final year of my degree um where i actually thought to create something and initially it was going to be an instagram page so i messaged amira about it she has a lot of experience with running like study blogs and um she was very talented in this kind of space. So um, I kind of messaged her about it and we went back and forth on it for a while. And it wasn't until I think May of 2021 where we actually kind of decided to turn this into a more tech solution rather than just an Instagram page. Um, Amer, if you want to talk about like the inspiration that we had from life out. Um, just before you do, yeah. Amira, um, just for the sake of our listeners, um, I know Jan kind of touched on it. But could you guys explain what our Tide Camel is, and um, like, like, just to give you a bit, give me, give me more, give more context to what it is actually. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Inspiration, and just to explain what yeah. it is. Please. So, our Tide Camel is a digital workspace for Muslims to get things done while prioritizing their faith. So, it's currently a web application um, with a host of tools that includes a to-do list, um, a Pomodoro timer to track your focus a salah tracker um with your nuffle um 
sonar regards as well. Then you've also got on-screen prayer reminders, you have the Islamic date and you can customise it with your name. The other features include a dua finder. We've tried to categorise these duas into like everyday circumstances where you might need them. So for if you're applying to jobs, if you need duas for interviews, for your everyday productivity. And then we've also made it customisable. So you can change the backgrounds into colours, images, videos. Um, I've always liked platforms where you can make it your own and so we wanted it to be something people keep up on screen, have a nice looking space while having like a timer yeah. running and then their prayer reminders are also there. And the last thing um, that was one of our biggest features was calendar integration. So you can connect your Google and Outlook calendars and add your prayer times into your calendar so you can start planning around your Salah every day. Masha'Allah, that is really good. So, um, you guys were just talking about your um, inspiration. Yeah, so um, I was looking, I really like using different productivity tools, or even if I don't use them, I like exploring them because I'm very interested in different systems and how we can get things done and be more intentional. And one thing I noticed was that there's, of course, there's Islamic apps, but there's nothing that combines the two. So there's productivity apps and then there's Islamic apps. And I remember messaging Aliyah and saying it would be so cool if there was something that was productivity-based, but it also had um, things like a Salah tracker. Was it something I would like draw into my planner or add into workspaces like Notion? And Aliyah did the same. And so that was originally how we came up with the idea. Sorry, I was just going to ask, you know, um, you mentioned Notion then, mm-hmm. there's loads of content creators like Ali Abdallah, you know, there's, there's a lot of people, like Muslim people in the space yeah. as well. Like, you know, one thing that was always missing, and um, even in Notion, like writing Arabic, it doesn't go right to left, yeah. right the same and all that. And, you know, when, when, why do you think it's needed now? Why do you think, because in my mind, it's like Mama said, it's the perfect, um, you know, application, the perfect time for it as well. But why do you think it was needed for you guys to step up and do that? Can I ask as well, as yeah. part of that question, um, just to just to sort of add a bit of context to it, can you explain why it was needed, but also what makes this app different to the others that are available on the, on the market as well? Yeah. Um, so for me, I think it was needed because we were noticing, like among like students, it's very hard for you to prioritise your salah in everyday life. Like you might do it, you might, um, but it might not be on time. You might not have the best concentration. And that's because there's so many other demands going on that stress you out. And sometimes it's hard to put your intention there. Whereas if it's something that's part of your natural planning routine, it's part of what you're doing every single day, it can make you more mindful. And so the idea and some opportunities that arose in terms of setting the business up was the reason why we ended up pursuing it now. Originally, it was meant to be a project that we started after Leah graduated, so summer of last year but instead we actually started working on it a year earlier because we had some opportunities come through and I'll let Aliyah talk more about that. Yeah sure so um, this is one thing we've always said from when we've started this whole project and this business we've always been very intentional with the work that we're doing and of course like first and foremost we really want to help other Muslims to be able to practice their faith in this kind of society so alhamdulillah, like from beginning this journey, we've had so many opportunities that have come up and they've just helped us overcome any of the initial barriers that we had. 
So like Amara was saying, we were planning to start this project after I'd graduated, which would have meant that we would have looked into developing around about now, um, getting everything set up. But actually what happened was my university had a entrepreneurs kind of program, um, a business growth program, which enabled us to get some business support. We were given £500 to kickstart our idea. Um, which really supported us going forward. We understood like how the business could work. We understood a lot more than what we did going into this. Then following on from that, we had another opportunity where we applied for um, Supertech's Pre-Seed Accelerator, where they um, were offering £10,000 of MVP development. Um, and alhamdulillah, like, we applied for that. We explained um, everything about Altide Camel. And what's been so beautiful about this as well is non-Muslims have really understood the work that we're doing. Like we thought that maybe we'd struggle to um, to explain the work that we're doing. But actually, every time that we have, we've been told like, oh, our co-worker is Muslim. They're struggling with this. It would be perfect for this person. I've told like this Muslim about it. They were really happy about it. So, you know, it's been a really beautiful journey in that sense. So, um, alhamdulillah, we got onto the preceded accelerator. Um, we were able to develop our MVP with um, Midian Labs through no-code development. And we recently launched that in December. And it's been a brilliant opportunity. It's provided us with so much more than what we would have had going into this if we had waited until I graduated. Yeah. Just to um, backtrack a little bit for you guys, um, what was the inspiration behind the name, Our Tide Camo? Because so, um, it's, it's a very unique name, um, which you know is quite um, stands out. If you see what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So um, the inspiration, of course, came from the hadith, which Jihan explained wonderfully um, at the start, and it's actually my favorite hadith. I think throughout education, whatever struggles I've had, like struggling to focus, struggling to motivate myself, I've always thought back to that hadith, and it's really been like a, a motivational source for me. So um, I knew that whatever this project was going to be, I wanted to incorporate that hadith into it. And when I first took this to Amara, we were kind of like brainstorming ideas on like how to base this off the hadith. I think initially we wanted Thai or Kamal, but um, like the username was taken, everything was yeah. taken. And Amara came up with our tied Kamal. And we just thought like there's a kind of like a sense of unity to that. Like we're all trying to tie our Kamal in daily life and what we want our platform to be is like that help for us all to tie our camel nice one um sorry i think you had a question oh uh, no muscle that's really nice i i agree i think that hadith has always been a favorite of mine as well it can be difficult to sort of balance being a working muslim in the world and stuff did you find it difficult when you were um, trying to navigate creating a new business and getting the support that you've managed to secure for your business as a practicing muslim um, I wouldn't say we've found it difficult. I think going through this, like I started this in my final year of university. So of course I had a lot of responsibilities going on at the time and Mara's had a lot of responsibilities too. So I think we've had like naturally like our own kinds of um, thing where we've had a lot more going on as well, trying to set this up. But I think we work really well as a team. We've always balanced each other out and we've, you know, always supported each other. So we've been able to overcome like any issues in that sense. So for example, when I had um, exams and stuff, and Mary would take things over. Um, but in terms of us being women doing this, I think um, it hasn't really been difficult, but I think we've had to be very cautious. 
um, yeah. with what we're doing. I think, thankfully, we've been on programs that have been very supportive, but we have come across, you know, sometimes that you can tell when people want to work with us and like their intentions aren't right. Yeah. So we have been very mindful of that. And of course, like I've said, we've always been very intentional. So we want to make sure that we only ever work with people. We only ever accept like offers and things if the intention's right with it. Yeah, it can be a challenge to start a business, you know, from, from anyone's perspective. But definitely when you're trying to be mindful of, you know, maintaining that sort of high end stuff, it can be difficult. What what advice would you give to the next generation of young Muslims wanting to run their own business? Like mama's little daughter she's sat here she's seven she's listening intently what would you give what would you tell her <laughs> yeah so i would definitely say to of course always renew your intentions first and foremost like what are you trying to achieve how would this help people and always stick to that i think because we've done that from the beginning you know it's really shaped the way that we're going about things now like for example the projects that we're now branching off into we're making sure to incorporate Islamic concepts into that. We're staying very true to those values that we started off with. So I think just having a clear plan that's very intentional to bring in with it is very good. Um, and also like looking, so networking with like-minded people. I think thankfully there's, you know, so many projects that are coming up nowadays that are for Muslims in tech, especially Muslims trying to network. Um, so I think being around like-minded people and like having that support is very good as well. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And I think as well, um, to add to that, do, do you, I, I certainly find from my perspective that it's really important to have that with the support of your family and your friends around you. I'm, I know my mum's listening, so I'm having to say this, um, that my mum's always been really supportive. Um, did you have that support around you as well with your families and, and everybody wanting you to, to sort of further your career in this way? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I think um, for us, like, our mums have been so supportive of everything that we've done from like the beginning. Um, bless them. I don't think they understood exactly what we were doing <laughs> at the start, but they were always so supportive, so um, like proud of us throughout this journey. So that has been, you know, a really big help. I think our friends have been amazing too. Our friends have always been like the first to like test things out. We gave them access to the MVP before it was actually out, um, and they've always like given us feedback and been really supportive. So that's been amazing. <laughs> Yeah, my parents, are, especially our mums, they're an underrated blessing. So, yeah, just get that out there. I'm going to see you soon, so, you know. <laughs> but on a different note, though, um, what was the reaction? Because obviously our Tide Camel, it's something that's complete opposite to what you guys were studying and graduated. Mm. Yeah. So did you guys pursue, um, like, further with your degrees or is this your main focus now? Because... I'm just thinking from my, like an Asian family point of view, you know, if, uh, was it psychology that you've done? Yeah, I studied I, psychology. Um, yeah, you psychology and law. So I guess the family expectation would have been, you know, getting a career uh, with, with those kind of degrees. So my question is, you know, how have your fam families reacted um, or have you carried on pursuing in that line? I think we've both been very lucky in that our moms are very supportive of whatever we choose to do. Um, okay. So they, if we, what we chose to study, they were very happy with it. And when I graduated uni two years ago and I decided I didn't want to, I was a bit hesitant on going into Korean psychology because it's quite demanding. And it was during the pandemic as well. So it was kind of hard at that time to think about getting experience. So I started exploring my other interests like content writing and learning web development. My mom, 
she was very she's always very happy with what I'm doing she's like as long as you're happy as long as you know what you're doing and you're confident in it then I'm happy for you to pursue it I think both of us have that relationship with our mom where they trust our judgment in things yeah that, yeah and um, what does the future look like then for for your app what's the big dream where where are we going with this so hopefully so we've launched our mvp and we really want to start building community and gathering feedback on the mvp so that's like a sample product it's got the most basic features um so we want to gather feedback and really understand what can be improved what are the features people would like to see so then this can inform um going forward with product development and raising funding the other thing that we're going to be working on is a campaign for diversity and inclusion in the workplace, which Elia is working really hard on. So I'll let her explain that. Yeah, so we're currently working on a campaign, a research campaign, which is going to look into the issues that Muslims face in the workplace. For example, like a lack of prayer facilities, lack of support for prayer breaks, um, work socials that aren't inclusive. So we're going to be launching um, a survey very shortly, um, which will look into all these issues and we will take these issues going forward um, to workplaces. So we want to be holding workshops with corporations, to kind of educate them um, on Muslim lifestyle, for example, why we pray, um, what does that mean for Muslims at work, and then delve into what our survey kind of found Um and we want to work with these businesses to implement a policy where they basically agree to improve prayer breaks and facilities and work socials to ensure that Muslims are supported in the workplace. Make sure you got our Eid holidays in there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> we'll let you know the day before whether or not we're going to be off. <laughs> Type of I'd be really interested to hear, to hear more about that when you, you're sort of ready. I work with small businesses for my day job, so it'd be really um, useful to get some of this information in front of them as well. Yeah. Um, for the people listening like here today, how can they support the mission that you've got? And how can they support both the product and, and also the uh, diversity and inclusion work that you're doing? Um, I guess, so signing up to our MVP, we're really um, looking forward to talking to users and gathering their feedback. So everyone who signs up will be um, joining our mailing list, and they can create. They can now create their account straight away on our Tide Camel. So, sorry, I'm just yeah. ask for clarification. What is MVP? I know you mentioned it oh, before. Yeah. So um, MVP stands for Minimum Viable Product, and it's essentially the first product um, a business will release to test their most basic features. Um, right. Okay. So, so with yeah. our Tide Camel, I. The, the, what is the actual product? Is it going to be an app or a program? So it's or? a web application that you would use in your browser at the moment. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got you. So that was uh, right. mainly for the customizable screen. So you can have it open on your computer and you can see it fully. Also, um, while we do hope to have a companion app in future to help you with your like, keeping um, on top of your solar tracking your to-do list, we thought it was nice that you could actually get away from your phone for a bit when you're working um, and yeah, have yeah. your browser open instead, but you're still getting your prayer reminders and you've got everything you need to have a focused work session. Right, okay. Got you. So at the moment, do you have people testing out the M, 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 is it N or M? M, yeah. M, MVP yeah. version. Yeah, so we've had our first lot of users sign up. I think we've got just under 100 users. Um, okay, and we're hoping to keep expanding our reach on social media and through our campaigns because we haven't been very active at the moment. 
that's our core focus um, starting off this year with really getting our product out there. And um, if people here listening here today want to sign up, do they just search Archetype Camel online and, and sign up for the um, the MVP trial? Or yeah, that's there... exactly. Yeah, just yeah. it's archetypecamel.com and um, the button's um, at the top of the page and you can just put in your email and your name and you'll get access to create an account on Archetype Camel. I'm going to be the Asian guy here and I'll ask you the question. How much is it? Is it free? It's free. Yeah, it's free. Because this is our, cause it's the sample product that we're testing out at the moment. It is free. Um, I will just ask for the sake of the listeners, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's completely free for you to come and test it out and see um, how it works. We're also hoping to always keep a free version because obviously this is a tool for students and Muslims can yeah. tend to come from disadvantaged backgrounds. And so we always want to have a free version of the product. Um, things like, like things like Notion that they've always had a free version of product for students for personal use and that's something we want to keep alive as well um, that's, that's actually sparked a, another question mm-hmm. in my mind if you don't mind you were saying about keeping a free version for personal use but obviously you're also looking at um, hosting workshops and things mm-hmm. for, uh, do you intend at some point to have like a commercial version of it so that people working within Muslim, uh, sorry, people working with Muslims in their environment can can have access to it without needing to sign up as well? Yeah, so um, essentially how we're going about things is we have two routes to market. We have um, our B2C route, which is um, essentially a freemium business model that we're operating. So we have the free version and then you can sign up for the um, premium features, which would be paid for. Then with B2B, we're looking to... Um, produce like a license that businesses would purchase um, for their employees to be able to use the platform and then we would be charging oh. for the workshops as well eventually oh mashallah that sounds really good. Uh, just to jump in there um i think we've made it sound really really simple oh you had an idea you've started a business and it's all it's all going swimmingly <laughs> so um i want to take it back to like a bit more of reality obviously you had the idea and like you guys have mentioned the inspiration behind it and obviously you know um the hadith etc and where the name came from once you've got that idea, as two non-tech people, as in terms of your degrees and stuff, how did you navigate that world? That you know, you've got this idea. How do you make it a thing? How do you make it a reality? And I'm sure, you know, the first time you logged into your web application, you were obviously very pleased. But how did you get to that point? So um, it started off. I think the first challenge we had was when we decided to take it seriously as a business, and we had the opportunity to join the university startup program. And that was obviously came with an application and a pitch. And so the first hurdle was figuring out how do we explain this? Um, how do we explain the features? Because back then we just had the idea. We didn't know the exact features. We didn't know um, exactly what we were trying to achieve. We just had a very vague idea. So having to sit down and write out an application and come up with a pitch, that's where the idea started forming. Um, and it was hard because we had to, we decided very last minute to do it. So coming up with the idea was difficult. But once we started, we started breaking it down. Like, okay, we want features to tie your camel. And then we want features for you to stay connected to your dean. And slowly through that application process, I feel like the application processes, we've done quite a few now, it's what has helped us really develop the idea and really get to the core of it. Um, After that, in terms of figuring out the tech, we were at the beginning of last year we that's what we were kind of grappling with like how do we bring the solution to life i have a little bit of technical skill 
So I was planning to learn um, Bubble, which is a no-code tool. But um, we actually came across an accelerator that was going to be building MVPs in Bubble. So we actually didn't have to end up worrying about that because someone was going to build it for us and they were guided us through the process of picking the right features. Um, I learned how to wireframe and design um, online to get the design and things like that correct. But for the most part, we didn't have to worry about the technical part, which is where I think um, doors were opened for us because of our intentions. And that's made the process a lot easier. Yeah, of course. I was just thinking for people that, for example, like you guys know, it's mm. a gap in the let's say, and people get scared of like, um, you know, they might have an amazing idea, yeah. especially in the Islamic, and it's not being done because people are worried about they need to know the on a black screen on command prompt and they need mm. to do this and that, you know, it, you know, I think them days have gone behind us. But also, like we mentioned at the beginning, there's a lot of Muslims in this space and there seem to be productivity first and then Muslim mm-hmm. second, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. What, um, obviously, we went through the inspirations, etc. but how do you, how, you know, when you're coming across in your pictures and stuff, how do you get it that they, these two things go hand in hand? How do you explain that Muslim is meant to be a, product, a productive person anyway? That makes sense. So I think, um, you know, when we initially were doing this first application and this pitch, one struggle that we had as well was that we had to prove to these people, especially we're proving to non-Muslims as well, um, that this is needed for Muslims. So what we did was we conducted a market research survey. I think it was over about two or three days. Um, Alhamdulillah, we did have a good response from it. And it actually highlighted the issues that Muslims were facing. I think it was something like 96% of Muslims that answered our survey um, basically said that they were struggling to practice their faith due to work or education. So I think that survey in itself kind of brought down the issues that they were having and it kind of came out from that, that productivity was an issue um, because they're not being able to practice their faith. And I guess through explaining the hadith and explaining why, exactly what we're about and why we've chosen like this name um, and based on business office, that Muslims should be productive. We are meant to be tying our camel. We're meant to be putting our best effort into everything that we're doing first. And we shouldn't just sit back and rely on Allah to make everything happen for us like we need to be proactive and I think just simply from explaining the hadith and from explaining the market research that we did it's translated very well like they've understood quite well um why this is needed I agree actually I think the hadith was a big part of the idea really resonating with people because explaining to them like you have to put your best efforts in and then um, then things will come to you. They all seem to resonate with that idea the most, um, not just as from a Muslim perspective, just as any person. They understood that, you know, you're going to have to put in some effort to get the things that you want. Even if you believe good things are going to happen, you do have to put in your best efforts as well. It's going to be a mixture of the two, and everyone seemed to really resonate with that idea. I think that's been a really beautiful part of this process, the fact that so many people, especially... I keep referring back to this, but it's so amazing when you hear like non-Muslims say to you that, you know, this hadith has really resonated with them when, you know, you're booking on to have another meeting. They're like, oh, I've been thinking about that hadith. I've been thinking I should tie my camel. You know, it's so nice to hear that. I think, yeah, I think um, the reason why it makes so much sense to me is because all these productivity gurus or whatever on youtube you want to say all the the apps and stuff they all mention the same stuff i'll get up in the morning early and do 15 minutes meditation Mm, and it's like it all 
the Sunnah anyway, you know, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, there's barakah in the morning, you should get up, you read your, you, you read your namaz and you do dhikr and you do, you know, you read your surahs, etc. Yeah. And I think it all comes back to, you know, that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, sorry, it was the ultimate role model and we seem to be going away. So a lot of people that are these productivity mm-hmm. gurus, they used they think there's a new thing out, there's a new, you know, there's a new, um, I don't know, like, there's a new method or a new, there's yeah. always seems to be something else and, you know, the Pomodoro timers and stuff, you know, they're amazing. I, I really enjoy them and I really like using them. Um, but there'll always be something new that seems to come out and take over. But I think it's about taking it back to the principles of, you know, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And, you know, because he was the most productive man on the earth uh, at any one time. And he always will be because of what he's done. So, um, you know, I think the the idea behind it is great. And like you said, you can find the flag for the, the Muslims to the non-Muslims. And um, what do you intend to do one day for the non-Muslims? Like, how, how would this, obviously, like you mentioned, it's inspiring them, but... How would it um, come into their life yeah, as a workspace environment? That makes sense. So that, we've actually been asked this before. How can our work that we're doing in the workplace, especially, benefit non-Muslims? Um, so I guess that that's going to be through our policy. When we're advocating for these prayer breaks and for more inclusive work socials, I think that will tap into you know other religions, not even other religions, but other people's, I guess, like um, personal choices in life. So, for example, when we're advocating for these more inclusive work socials without um, just alcohol. You know, there's lots of people who are non-Muslims that just choose not to drink because that's their personal life choice. So I think through that work, we're advocating for issues that other people are facing too. Do you guys, um, if you don't mind me asking, whereabouts are you, are you based? We're based in Birmingham. Yeah, do, do you think that... Um, this obviously would resonate as strongly in all of the regions across the UK or would or do you think that maybe being somewhere like Birmingham is having more of a stronger impact? Um, I think initially we're going to be conducting our um, survey so that would be for Muslims across all the UK so I think when we're doing that survey we can kind of highlight where these issues are coming from so for example if we're getting a lot of people answering in a certain type of way, like a negative way about the workplace in certain regions, then, you know, we can kind of highlight that, you know, there's certain places where we need to be looking into. Yeah, I think um, from my perspective, what I meant was, um, obviously, Birmingham has quite a a high proportion of, um, it's got a a high demographic of Muslim occupants and residents. So workspaces are, and the Asians in general. And workspaces are therefore a little more uh, receptive to being inclusive and being a bit more um, Muslim friendly, I guess, than maybe other areas where it's not as densely populated with Muslims. Yeah. Do you think? I think. The yeah. I think yeah, being based in Birmingham is going to give us more opportunities to run workshops and to um, network in terms of business and things that are like already we've started um, networking in Birmingham and I think if we weren't based in Birmingham we might not have as many opportunities to grow our network to um, have spaces to host workshops to have people who are willing to support us and help us because I think also the non-Muslims based in Birmingham understand that there's a lot of Muslims around them that they have colleagues and friends and things like that around them so they're also more conscious of oh yeah this is really important this could really benefit someone. So I think we're definitely at an advantage there that there's already, yeah. um, they're already conscious of their Muslim friends and colleagues. 
Yeah, I mean it does play a part, but I mean, inshallah, the the hope I guess is that that organically grows to to the areas where there is more of a non-Muslim presence, and and it it just grows from there, yeah. I guess. But I was just curious as to whether or not where you're based is is impacting or maybe skewing the data a little bit. Yeah. Just going back to the um uh, the our uh, Kamal online platform. I know you mentioned um, non-Muslims find it fascinating about the about the hadith about the tight camel. Mm-hmm. But, um, in terms of the actual platform that you're building, um, I'm just thinking because obviously from a religious point of view, it's a very good opportunity to give dawah, mm-hmm. you know, people, to people that might not be inclined in that way. But then again, at the same time, you don't want to be throwing a lot of religiousness at, at them because it's kind of more about productivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you guys yeah. thought about how you're going to kind of um, facilitate both without making it into a religious tool, but giving them giving them a religious element so that it's appealing to Muslims and non-Muslims, I, but getting people to, a bit more in, uh, intrigued to learn about yeah, Islam? Yeah, I think this is really what we're trying to achieve through the workshops workshops that we're doing with corporations. When we're doing these workshops, they won't just be for Muslims. It will be for um, senior members of staff, like HR departments and um, people like that w- within a corporation. And what we're trying to do there is like educate them about like why we pray, why we're advocating for this policy to be in the workplace and why we've created this tool. So I think through that specifically, it's more so about like just helping them more so understand why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah, I think the idea behind it is really a fantastic idea. And I think um, for a student especially, it'll be really beneficial because obviously, you know, as a student, especially at university, um, you're just like a wild horse, you know, you're here going here and there. But having something like this to kind of like ground you down. I think it would be really great. But just sort of a um, an idea from me, I guess, is it might be worth reaching out to ISOX throughout the various um, regions. Yeah, because, definitely. yeah, because obviously ISOX, they're already um, like a massive network. And, you know, it's probably one of the best places to get ideas of different cities of how people react. For example, up here in, in the Northeast, you know, uh, we don't have a large Muslim presence. So the kind of feedback and data you get from here will be a lot different mm-hmm. to Birmingham, like Rush was saying before, just because of the amount of Muslims and Asian populace, uh, uh, population you have. Yeah, 100%. Um, this is actually in our plans for this year. So we're going to be working with ISOC. Um, what we want to be doing with them specifically is running productivity workshops. So especially at, around the time of Ramadan, we want to be helping students with how they can stay productive during Ramadan how they can, you know, continue to revise and prepare for exams and stuff and juggle all their responsibilities. So that's definitely something we'd want to make um, national. We'd want to go across the whole UK with that. Yeah, no, it's a, you know, it's, um, mashallah, it's a really good idea, but there's so much more that you can kind of, you know, um, grow into. But I guess you, you just have to taste, uh, what do you call it? One step at a time. One step at a time, yeah. <laughs> We've got like a long list of things that we're always coming up with ideas. Like we'd really want to have um, complementary sort of digital products and physical products. Like um, last Ramadan, we released um, a digital planner, someone that you could print out or use on like a tablet. 
um, that was around planning your day around your salah times. And so yeah. we also have like so many different ideas that we want to use off the back of our Tide Camel, which is the web application, but also workshops and other productivity tools that aren't digital based um, community, like a com- sense of community where everyone can come together and give each other advice. And so we really want to do a lot off the back of it. It's so hard to take it slow because it's just the two of us. But um, we definitely agree that there's so much potential for other ideas more than just the web application. Yeah. And um, if you guys ever do have a digital space and you go into Islamic podcasts, mm-hmm. you know who to reach out to first, yeah? <laughs> definitely. I think that's where the iShops as well can come in really handy because it is just the two of you. It yeah. can be hard to try to all of your dreams like on your own but actually where, where you've got brand ambassadors within the ISOC mm-hmm. they, they can almost do it for you um, without realising it's, it's basically free labour <laughs> sorry guys just to um, add on that well not to really add on that <laughs> to switch up a bit sorry um, you know as to um, like you mentioned you know two Muslim founders you know that are trying to balance everything what are the sort of productivity tools that you used you, that you use yourself you know to balance obviously running a business um, you know obviously also the faith side of things etc like what do you guys do at the moment like how do you balance it without um, Altard Camel and you know what difference do you think is going to make to um, you know the average Joe on a, on a day-to-day you know how does what's the, the change between the two? I think Amer is much better than this let me um, I use a range of different techniques to stay organised. No, honestly, I have a very weird organisational pattern and I've realised that works for me. Um, like, I prefer to work late at night. Um, but one thing I try to stick to is working around my Salah times. I think that when... Because I'm freelancing, I don't have, like, a nine-to-five because I have a very varied routine. Instead, I try to prioritise my Salah times and then work around them. Because my days are very different. Sometimes I'm focused on content writing. Sometimes I'm doing stuff for the business, which also varies. It might be applications. It might be designing posts. It might be figuring out something technical for the MVP. So because everything's up in the air for me, I try to keep a range of to-do lists. And then using, I actually use things like um, timers and ambience generators which are part of our tide camel those are my go-to things to keep me focused so when I do sit down to work um, using a timer and using some ambience keeps me focused in the moment putting my phone away no distractions but yeah for time throughout the day it's most definitely sticking to my slow times and planning around them that gives me structure because that's always consistent whereas my schedule isn't always consistent um It'd be interesting actually to hear how you manage it, Leah, because Leah was actually working nine to five. And I know that that was, I couldn't imagine personally being able to juggle everything because I'm very one of those people who's night owl. Yeah, I think what I've found the hardest from like working full time is the hours that I'm most productive is like during the morning to early afternoon. And of course, if I'm putting all of that into work, um and focusing on outside camel towards like the evening time is where I'm a bit more burnt out so what I've kind of done is be a bit more realistic with myself this year um I think I had a lot of responsibilities a lot of like extracurricular things I was doing before and I've kind of had to see this year as kind of like a break just to get outside camel off the ground have those weekends back to myself to kind of work on it and you know put my all into it um 
and the same way with Amara, like how she uses to-do lists and things like that, that definitely helps me stay on track and stay focused. Um, I guess setting like five minutes before I actually start the work that I'm doing to really set my intentions, make the R before I start it. I think that's always always like a really good place to start as well. Um, in terms of a practical question, um, with obviously a lot of the apps, um, organisations mechanism being based around the solar times, obviously a lot of your users are going to be based in various different parts of the country, so uh, solar times can differ uh, where they are just for their own peace of mind. Uh, is there, is there, a, is, does the app change the solar times based on location or is it set to the Birmingham Central Time? Um, no, so in your settings you can actually change to wherever your location is. So this could be in the UK or outside of the UK and the prior times will adjust to your location. Oh, that's really much of a good to know. Uh, um, I think I don't have any questions. Um... Is there anything else that you want to convey to our audience while you're here today? Is there anything that you wanted to, to get out there as a message? Um, have you got anything? <laughs> um, I think it's more so the fact that like, we've really appreciated all the support that we've had on this. Um, of course, like, it is just us two that have been working on it. And, you know, sometimes like when we've been working on it, we forget like this is going out to people. And, you know, it's just been so nice to see that the work that we've done together has had such a positive response because we didn't always know how it was going to be received i think when it was coming up to the time that our mvp was going to be launched we kind of just sat and we kind of thought like you know is this going to be something that actually does benefit people you know will they be able to use it will they be happy with it and you know the response has been amazing so far and i think it's just you know we're very grateful for that and going forward, it would be amazing, amazing just to have um, people supporting us and sharing whatever we do next. Like It's always so appreciated. Yeah, and I think if anyone else is considering building something for Muslims, um, I recommend just starting because I know I'm a, very much a perfectionist myself, but everything that I've done and I've found success in has started with a very imperfect start. I haven't been 100% sure of how I want it to go or the exact details. So I think one thing holding many of us back is starting. So if you want to do something like this, just get started. Talk to, like, put your idea down on paper. Start looking into it step by step, how you can achieve it. Nowadays, there's so many different programs available from universities as well, if you do want to take the business route, if it's not like a personal project. So check out university support. Um, check out places online is there programs that can support you online courses and that you have the power to get things started if you really want to you don't have to wait for someone to give you permission Um, and you don't have to like wait until someone sort of validates your idea if you really are interested in going for it it can be even if it doesn't work out that's still valid experience like I feel like I've gained so many different skills from starting this business, even though we weren't sure if it would be a success, if it would turn into a startup. And everything we've done has been very valuable for me in terms of like learning design skills, learning how to run a business. Everything could be a learning experience, in my opinion. Definitely, yeah. Um, I think that's all the questions that we had for you both. I'm sure we've kept you talking for quite some time. Um, gave you a bit of a run for you here. <laughs> 
thank you so much for joining it's been really great to have you both with us here um, and really inspirational as well for, for those of us who have ideas and, and just don't know how to get them moving and I'm sure there's a few of those in the audience I know I'm one of them um, but unless you've got anything else that you wanted to add more should we wrap up the session yeah I think um, it's been a good good session to, uh, to find out about the project and to find out your inspiration behind it and um uh, honestly, I wish you all the best, inshallah. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. It's been really great being on here. It's our first podcast, so. Inshallah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, many of many of most. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Um, if that's the case, we'll um, we'll.